if you feed the birds, if you feed them regularly, so if they have a consistent, reliable source of food, it's a quality source of food, then they're, they have a better physiology. They are better able to just live throughout the day, be able to get through times of stress, times of weather stress and, and other stresses that in general, they're just better physiological condition. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Nature Centered, a podcast from Wild Birds Unlimited about feeding the birds and enjoying nature right in your own backyard. Here are your hosts, naturalist John Schaust and Brian Cunningham. Hey everyone, I'm John Schaust. And I am Brian Cunningham. And welcome to episode number 81. Yep, and today we're just going to talk about how it absolutely is okay to feed the birds. We'll take a look at some things that, you know, some questions that come up occasionally and uh, give you some good answers to some of those things that, you know, maybe sometimes people are a little concerned about when it comes to the feeding the birds in your backyard. Yes, John, talking some, some interesting questions today, but uh, talking bird feeding, is it okay? Well, we might have a bias. You might think that. <laughs> we, we enjoy bird feeding. We like to get people feeding the birds and the benefits of that. Um, but some of those questions out there, of course, some of our answers might surprise you in where we take some of uh, some of our topics today. Yeah, Brian, and actually, it, it's not just your opinion or my opinion. It, there's a lot of science and studies that have been done that we're going to share with people today that really put everybody's mind at ease that feeding the birds is actually a good thing to do. So, everybody, stick around for the fun. Okay, Brian, here we go. We're going to talk about it's okay to feed the birds today. And of course, yes. you and I, this is... <laughs> This is our life, <laughs> you know, feeding right. the birds, obviously, is <laughs> something we think about and, and research and look at every single day just about. And it seems like, uh, you know, there's all kinds of new studies and things that come across our desk and, and uh, you know, reinforce some of the things that we've known for years and years just from personal experience. But it's nice to have some data and some science behind it. And so uh, I think, uh, you know, you and I really kind of wanted to share some of this uh this information with people just to give them the heads up on where we're at in regards to does feeding the birds help them hurt them or is it just a wash is it just a plain old everyday good for them good for us whatever it might be yes john and we do get those questions uh on a fairly regular basis uh personally from people we get them through webmaster uh but it is those are some interesting questions and i love that you bring up we uh, we dig into research um, and we we dig into all of it. We we don't pick and choose what we want to dig into. And mm -hmm. I'm all I'm always looking when if a research study comes out and looking at those titles about backyard birds or bird feeding or different studies of uh, birds in urban areas, suburban areas, uh, and always looking at what are they saying, what are they studying, and and how does feeding the birds or how do interactions in our own yards. Uh, how does all that come into play? And I think it's it's always very interesting to see the research that's out there. We've been doing this for a long time, haven't we? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, one of my favorites, though, uh, you and I dug into a study Wild Bird Feeding Institute did with the Millican University. Uh, it was just a few years back. Uh, it, it was a nice long-term study where they looked at the birds. It was, and, what, three years? I think it was a three-year study. Yeah, just I think it, the study itself was just over three years, and 
They looked at a lot of different birds, a handful of bird species. Uh, they looked actu actually at a few hundred birds, and they were setting up baseline scenarios where they were studying these birds in a couple of different uh, plots where there was no bird feeding. There was some supplemental bird feeding, some others. They were doing physiological physiological studies with them easy for me to say today <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> yeah uh, so they're, they're capturing the birds in in mist nets uh doing the bird banding kinds of scenarios and taking little blood samples to know what's the the physiological uh, attributes you know how healthy are they right now what what is what's everything look like in their world and their health kind of like going to get in a physical uh and uh and then doing that study over the years and recapturing different birds. And they knew they had little, they, they were doing bird banding, so they knew which birds they were recapturing and doing extra tests on. So a really well done scientific study. Yeah. Um, and then all the answers that uh, and data that came out of that, and you and I really dug into that study and really learned lots and lots of things. And I think the the biggest thing that we got out of it was, it's okay to feed the birds. And actually, there are benefits for the birds. Yeah, I think historically we've, we've said, you know, well, feeding the birds, it's as much for us as it is for the birds, you know. And again, you know, it's, yes, a nice reliable right. source of food and that type of thing is important for birds. And, and there have been other studies that talk about reproduction rates are increased when birds have access to, you know, a reliable, dependable supply of supplemental food. Uh, their their number of young per nest goes up. Uh, their survival rates of those young go up. So there's there's been a lot of studies that show that bird feeding indeed does have some some benefits. There was a study done up in Wisconsin many years ago, one of the one of the original studies that talked to primarily chickadees, but they wanted to see the winter survival rates. If if, if a bird had access to feeders in the winter during severe weather. Did it change the survivability or the survival rates of those those birds? And indeed, they found out over a multiple year study that uh, you know I think it was almost fifty percent higher survival rates with you know access to a dependable, reliable source of supplemental food for for birds up in, in you know Wisconsin. So there's been a lot of studies. This this one was kind of a neat one because. It was a three-year. It it was a broad study in the sense of you, you mentioned it was you know, different species of birds. It was goldfinches, chickadees, cowbirds, chipping sparrows, woodpeckers, catbirds, buntings, indigo buntings, cardinals, titmice, nuthatches. So a lot of different species. So you could draw conclusions across multiple species, not just the chickadee like what you had up in, mm -hmm. in Wisconsin. And then it did test for things, you know, all kinds of stuff, antioxidant levels, uh, physiological stress. Nutritional condition, reproductive physiology, immune function, and disease. So it really was digging into a lot of information. So let's tap into the study and share people uh, kind of what, what the study found out. That sounds great. Um, I love when we dug into the study, we could see, I think for me, the overarching, the coolest part was that if you feed the birds, if you feed them regularly, so if they have a consistent, reliable source of food, it's a quality source of food, then they're, they have a better physiology. They are better able to just live throughout the day, be able to get through times of stress, times mm -hmm. of weather stress mm -hmm. and, and other stresses that in general, they're just better physiological condition. So it's kind of like uh, getting out there like us having a great 
uh, a good diet, exercise, we're moving, uh, we're eating well, and we're just healthier. That was really cool because they found the birds were actually, if you could use that term, they were actually healthier. I like my sources of supplemental food. How about you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, indeed. Sometimes a little too much, especially around the holiday season. That's right. That's exactly (laughs) what I was thinking. Yeah, you you were talking about the the physiological things, like stress levels. You know, they used white blood count, or uh, blood cell counts, to measure the stress level of these birds. And indeed, they found out that that birds with a dependable, reliable uh, source of food from, you know, feeders, uh, their stress level was way lower than would be typical of of other birds that did not have access. And they did do controls. So, you know, you've got the birds at the feeders that they're doing, but they're also capturing birds that had no access to feeders. And and so they have a control to find out and compare with in regards to the, the two different settings. So, yeah, there's things like the antioxidant level uh, on these birds. Uh, they found out that significantly greater antioxidant capacity uh, from, you know, the birds that had access to these supplemental foods. So just one thing after another, they found out that, indeed, like you were saying, the physiological uh, level, if you will, the uh, quality of the birds was much improved when they had access to regular food. Yeah, I think it's really cool talking about the antioxidant levels too. Some of the things that come into play with that in the bird world, um, fertility um, or growth, just growth especially as a a young bird or immune function overall, like you're talking about white blood cells, um, resistance to aging. And I know that everyone would love that, right? We need our our supplemental foods quality for that. Uh, but also, yeah, development of, I, I like the, the terminology, the secondary sexual characteristics. Uh, and in the bird world, what does that mean? You, <laughs> you better talk quick. <laughs> Brighter colors, better breeding plumage. You just look healthier. You, you really pop. We've talked a little bit off and on in some of the podcasts about how the male bird, the brighter the colors, the more the coloration, when you're growing your feathers, that's where the colors come in. And that means, hey, I know how to find good quality food sources. So, hey, uh, that's where the lady birds are like, ooh, yes, I want to get with yeah. him because he he looks better. He looks stronger. He looks healthier. He should be a good provider. So when we raise our family, I'm going to have uh, some good offspring. Cool, cool. Yeah, one of my favorite things that they used as a, as a research focus was the feathers, the flight feathers. Yeah. of these birds and the fact that I, I love this because it's kind of an interesting little piece of information i don't think is widely known but feathers basically they they're kind of like tree rings you know a tree over the course of a year during the spring and summer it grows the you know the, the sapwood and it, it you know really takes on a lot of growth because of the nutrients and the weather and the leaves and all that kind of stuff and in the winter time very very little and so the difference between the the big growth bar and the little growth bar in, in, on a tree, you can determine that one year and how good of a year in regards to rain and nutrients and things like that. On a bird's feathers, on their flight feathers and tail feathers, they grow in a 24-hour time frame, if you will, a certain length. And depending on their nutritional uh, quality, the quality of the nutrition and the amount of nutrition they're getting, that length of growth on that feather will be longer, you know, grow faster and longer. 
when it nighttime when it's not getting much food it puts down a shorter almost just like a line so if you look at the space between these lines these growth bars on a bird's flight feathers you can tell the nutritional level you and i both brian have seen feathers where there was almost the 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 feather was just almost empty in between those growth bars because whether it was a rainy period or a bad weather period and the mm-hmm. bird couldn't get like insects for the young or whatever, the feathers literally will be, sustain a lot of damage and, and not be very complete. Uh, whereas when they have nutritional, you know, good nutrition, that growth is even longer and more solid and stronger than it would be otherwise. So I love the fact that they use the, the growth bars on these feathers as one of the indicators of health and condition, physiological condition, as opposed to birds that don't have access to feeders. John, I love that you brought that up because I remember the first time you introduced me to the growth bars on birds' feathers. And to see that is really, really amazing. And you can a lot of times see that at a bird feeder with some binoculars. And just watching for that, there has been some times where looking out of my backyard, uh, I've seen a bird at the feeder uh, one time was house finch, another time was a cardinal. I remember those specifically where one of those growth bars, you could really, really tell that that day when that bird mm-hmm. was in the nest growing those tail feathers, uh, yeah, that must have been a really super cold, nasty weather spring day mm-hmm. because there was barely nothing there yeah, uh, or there was just no coloration or it, it's it's fascinating to be able to see that. Yeah, it's almost like a skeleton of a feather. You know, it's just, yeah. just the bare bones of a feather, but not all filled in and smooth and sleek and solid. Yeah, and it's just one bar, one, yeah. one little strip with healthy feather parts yeah, sandwiching it. It's just mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. fascinating to see and to know, wow, bird food, bird nutrition, supplementing at feeders or out in, out in nature, man, it can really have a, a very direct effect like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's really cool. Yeah, and you know, like I said, like again, the, the study just thing after thing after thing. They talked about immunity, uh, uh, the immune system of a bird, and they did different tests on that and found out it was definitely a significantly greater immune defense in birds with good food as opposed to, you know, not having access to feeders. So just there was all kinds of things that that were very very positive and very very neat to see, kind of reinforcing the fact that yeah, you know, this is not doing any harm. It's actually helping these birds, you know, survive. And actually, you know, a little little healthier than they may have been otherwise. So that's kind of a cool yeah. thing. You you can really kind of feel good about feeding the birds in the sense that you yeah you're making a difference. Those birds, if you especially, and we always say this, and the study reinforces, if it's not 365 continuous source of uh, food, the supplemental food for them, uh, many of these benefits don't stay. You know, if they don't have access every day to a reliable, dependable source of food. A lot of these these physiological benefits either don't happen or they wane very quickly if the if the food disappears. So it is that benefit of having that constant reliable source of food that makes all the difference for the birds. Yes, for sure. One other piece, John, that I really really enjoyed learning about in that study that I think is very apropos. Here it is, January time frame for this this podcast being put out, and it's winter time. Fats. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wintertime's a great time to be feeding fats. A lot of folks do feed birds in the winter, and a lot of times suet-based products are put out uh, because 
fat is fuel, uh, fat is that fuel for warmth in the wintertime. We don't have any birds migrating through right now through our yards, but man, having the fat, um, being able to have that food, it gets deposited quickly into the bird and then they can use it for fuel that night. And this study was showing that, uh, the birds at sites with feeders versus ones that didn't have feeders had a significantly greater body fat score. So that means they were able to uh, buffer against the environmental disturbances. I love all mm-hmm, the words, right? Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. They were able, able to actually make it through the night easier uh, or uh, just a severe, when the severe weather, those harsher times during winter storms came through. And it doesn't matter really where you are. Birds are going to go through colder weather or the storms, whether you're further north in North America or further south. But just having that benefit there of having those the better fat score so that you could, as a bird, be able to survive a little easier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought that was amazing to see. Yeah, it's a great study, Brian. I think uh, if people are interested, uh, going to put it in the show notes, I think. Yes, definitely. We will find a great link for you, and we'll put that in the show notes. Um, so it just a heads up, there's a lot of scientific verbiage in there. <laughs> so if you, if you love that, you're going to love reading through it. If you don't, feel free to check it out and just listen to the podcast and see how accurate we are <laughs> digging through here. Yeah. One of the other things that that study did, and then really glad that they did, and they took a look at disease. And that's something we hear about when, you know, people have concern about backyard bird feeding and, you know, it doesn't increase the chances of spreading disease among the birds and that type of thing. So they took a hard look at that and they, they kind of came down on two different sides. One, they basically said because of the physiological condition of the birds being in much so much better shape that basically they were better able to handle and resist disease transmission, uh, whether it's feeders or in just wild populations in general, that having that higher physiological condition really gave them a better defensive immunity to a lot of the diseases. Now, having said that, doesn't mean that they're totally immune and that they're not going to spread diseases and, that's, and that feeding isn't a source potentially to spread diseases among birds. And that's why you and I are so fanatical about telling people to properly maintain their food and their feeders to keep them clean and healthy for the birds. And that's the other piece of this study. They came out basically saying that if you do maintain your feeders and you keep them clean and you you maintain good, healthy storage of your bird food and that type of thing, it will make a a difference in that disease issue at feeders. Yes, that is that is for sure. And we hear a lot of people say that bird feeding, oh, doesn't doesn't that uh, bring all the birds in and they can get sick and spread spread disease more easily? That that is one of those things that you're going to hear out there. But John, I think you address that pretty nicely in, in pointing out what the study has shown. And mm-hmm. like you said, we do we <laughs> we're preaching on it all the time. Keep those feeders clean. And there's a reason for that because it's just like people. You get a bunch of people to come together cold and flu season, mm-hmm. where, where do you contract a cold or where do you contract the flu? It's usually out in public where a lot of people are showing up. And it's it's similar for the birds that when you have a central location for birds to come to, they can, if one bird is ill, they can pass on uh, bacteria or viruses in, in, in illness um, mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. a bird feeding station. So yeah, keep those feeders clean. And lots of ways to do that just with soap and water regularly maintaining your feeders and your feeding stations and your bird baths. And if you need to sanitize, 
And yeah. you know, we've got all the information. We'll put a link to the website about um, responsible bird feeding and, and how to clean so that you'll have all the tools available for you. So make sure that you're 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 setting a clean plate. I know we've talked about that before on a pod, on a podcast or two. So. Yeah, and we talk about too. I think it'll be part of the, what you're going to post on the uh, show notes. But you know, if you do see uh, sick birds at your feeders, what do you do? What right. action should you take then? You know, our our goal is to prevent. And again, by having healthier birds, by having clean feeders. Uh, you know, by properly storing our food, all the different things that we can do to maintain a really responsible backyard bird feeding setup, uh, you still might end up with birds that have salmonellaosis or whatever it might be, uh, conjunctivitis. What do you do? Well, we'll also have information about that in regards to what action you should take once you do see um, um, some type of disease at a bird, on a you know, with a bird or birds in your feeders, and how to how to mitigate that and, and take corrective action. Yes, definitely. And one of those questions too, how do I, how do I know there's a sick bird at my feeder? Uh, that's another question that we get uh, very apropos to this. And that is if you're watching your birds and you see a bird that just looks sluggish mm-hmm. or they're really approachable, like you can get a lot closer than you to them than you can most other birds. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. they look like they have a physical ailment. Maybe maybe mm-hmm. their eyes are crusty or something like that. Or they yeah, just, feathers are fluffed out. Feathers are yeah. And I always enjoy when someone shows me a picture of a bird in wintertime and their feathers are puffed out, asking, "What is that bird?" Well, they're just puffing their feathers to keep warm. But mm-hmm. if that bird is sitting on the feeder. And they're puffed out and they look just really bigger than they should. And they're not moving, like leaving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're not really eating. They're just lethargic and hanging out. Then that could be a sign, too, that they're just, they're, they're settling in. They don't feel great. It's kind of like, you know, when you don't feel great, you just want to tuck up under a blanket and be warm and just be nice and chill. Mm-hmm. Calm down, slow down. Birds can be like that, too. So just watch yeah. out for... Basically, are they just not acting normal? And then make sure that's perfect time. Take down your feeders, clean them up, sanitize them. If you need to, just leave them down for a couple days or even a week or two. And then put them back up, clean food. But John, what if, you know, sometimes we get, oh, what if I actually can approach the bird and, and collect it? Mm-hmm. Should I even do that? What do I do? Yeah, exactly. That is a, that's a quandary for a lot of people. You know, some places pretty easy access to a wildlife rehabilitation uh, facility. Uh, I would give them a call and see if they're accepting, you know, birds like that. If you can catch the bird easily and take it to a rehab center, um, that would be one possible uh, course of action. Uh, Again, I would absolutely talk to the local rehab centers first, just to make sure that they do accept songbirds and, and, uh, whether it's, you know, salmonellosis or conjunctivitis or what it might be. Um, but otherwise, in most cases, it's probably best to let nature take its course when it comes to it. If you don't have a uh, facility that you can take uh, a diseased or injured bird to. As, as sad as that sounds, sometimes that's that can be the best course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but again, the main, main thing, yeah, the main thing is, if as you've already said, if you do have that type of situation, uh, you want to make sure you get those feeders down, get them sanitized, keep them down for a while to disperse the flock, if you will, to spread out the birds. 
and uh, put them back up when it appears things are all clear again. Well, interesting stuff today, right, John? <laughs> well, a little different tone, a little different tone to our, <laughs> our show today, Brian, but I think it's fun. It's uh, you know, a little deeper than maybe we typically go into some things, but uh, right. I think it's, it's good for us to do that. Well, and I think it's important, too, just so everyone knows that feeding the birds is fun for us, but it really actually can help the birds. Mm-hmm. And, and you can know it's helping them and, and know that, wow, I, it's not just some food that's helping them get through some winter weather or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it, it actually is a much bigger, broader thing to be able to feed the birds year round and know, wow, I'm really helping. Yeah. And I love the fact that there's finally some really good science behind a lot of the things that we've kind of felt or felt we knew uh, right, over right. the, over the decades. And now, and again, this is, this is such a wonderful point in history in regards to birds the, the research that's going into birds uh on all aspects their you know their physiological status their migration their survivability you know, just every aspect that you can think of the amount of research is going on it's just and the technology going into this research is just unbelievable so i think we're going to learn more and more and more as as the years go by i agree well it really is okay to feed the birds, right? There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I think think we've done a nice job with that. (laughs) I I feel so much better now. (laughs) (laughs) And you should, and you'll feel better if you just watch the birds. Whether you're feeding them or not, just watching the birds. Yeah. Well, we appreciate everyone listening in today to our Nature Center podcast and really hope that you feel similarly. It's it's okay to feed the birds. Do it responsibly. You're going to have a great time doing it and know you're really helping them out. Absolutely. And and thanks again for, I guess, Brian said, for listening to us. Uh, we certainly appreciate all your feedback when you, you can take the time to let us know how we're doing. Uh, but until our next episode where we're going to talk about counting birds and how much of a difference that'll actually make to participate in the great backyard bird count. So, but until then, Brian and I are going to continue to let nature be our guide. So please take care, be safe, and keep those feeders clean. Thanks for joining us, everyone. To subscribe to the podcast, get show notes, or find the Wild Birds Unlimited store nearest you, visit wbu.com forward slash podcast. We'd really appreciate you telling your friends about Nature Centered. But more than that, we hope you find a moment to relax, enjoy the birds, and stay nature-centered.